Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Tonight on Springboard, our mission is simple. To set a collective agenda today, we will set five benchmarks, five standards, five pillars that will guide our individual performance throughout the year. And we'll share them with all of you. So tonight's show will help us identify five pillars that will guide us. Well, so tonight, the question, what are your plans for what standards, what benchmarks have you set? What are you pushing or driving yourself to achieve in this year? I I am reading a book that started in the very first chapter, in fact, in the introduction, with a challenge. And the challenge was simple. If you have a plan of something, if you plan to do something in the next 10 years, it started with a question, why not in the next six months? What will you do if a dog were chasing you or something were driving you and you wanted to achieve urgently what you plan to do in a long time somehow just the agency added to it reoriented or reorient the reader about the pace at which you must run or you must move to achieve that target what do you want to achieve in this year and how do you hope to achieve it how do you hope to drive that agenda and achieve that purpose let me start by saying that in this year we will focus on progressive appreciation, progressive engagement, and progressive mastery of the following areas. Your assignment, your constituents, your vehicle, your resources, and your partners. And so throughout this year, we'll organize our thoughts, our debate in sync with the theme of leadership and our five thematic areas, our platforms on which we'll build our lives. Along the line, we'll, we'll... I'll do what you call the continental leadership agenda. That is what each individual will use to become not just a master in your field, but a master at the national level and also a master at the continental level in whatever field you have chosen to operate in. And that will be, that will be the blueprint that we'll be using for the springboard roadshow, the, the handbook, the manual that each one will use to become a, a, a key player on, at the continental level. But we'll bring it onto the show and help our, our listeners to appreciate how to become major players on the continent. But tonight, I have a special guest to help us break down why these five collective commitments are important, how they have worked for him as an individual, and why each one can make a difference in your lives if you will pay attention to these five areas. Let me go over them again. Your assignments, your constituents, your vehicle, your resources, and your partners. Joining us tonight to discuss or break them down is a good friend of Springboard, Kojo Ohinichi, the CEO of IFS Financial Services. Last year, we had the privilege of helping him being a guest to help us start the year, right? And he's back again to help us start the year on a strong footing. Could you welcome to Springboard and it's good to see you. Thank you very much. It's good to be here again. Right. So we hope to 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 tap into your wisdom in this very important subject of leadership commitment. But let me start by asking why is it important that an individual makes 
such commitments at the beginning of a journey like the beginning of a year? Thank you very much, and and good evening to our listeners. It, it, it's it's important. I mean, it's important to set out our objectives and our goals uh, before we start our going. It, it, the thing is, um, if you don't set goals, you'll be getting nowhere. Um, obviously, if we all decide you decide to embark on a journey, um, you you have a destination in mind. And that's why it's important at the beginning of the year to set clearly what your priorities are um, and, and how you set out to achieve them. So it helps to guide us and also uh, channel our energies properly. Right. So we, we set out these five thematic areas. And I know it may sound ambitious, but we actually want to pull along all our listeners together by consistently reminding them every single week of these commitments. How, how realistic is it to set a collective agenda, even though we have individual goals? You're saying that for each of, each of us, this is the blueprint to guide how you should think. And we as a, a, a faculty intend to remind you every single day that there is an assignment you must be pursuing and that must determine how you do what you do. Is it possible that we can sit in this studio and set set a blueprint that our listeners can, can run with? Yes, indeed. I mean, it's a framework that we set and each one of us will plug into that framework um, and based on what our assignment and our calling is, um, we actually then adapt it to our own uh, circumstances. When I I got this invite, the first thing I did was to to plug in, really, and uh, you know, and it was easy to do that because I'd written down uh, my own plans and my business aspirations for the year. So each person can actually plug in, whether you're a student, a professional, it, you know, w- in whatever area of life you can plug in. Right. So, before we settle on the five, you realize that I mentioned three things I want to do progressively. That means from January till December. The first one was to appreciate. The second was to engage. And the third one was to master. Those words were chosen very carefully. And I want us to start with appreciation, understanding. How does... So, let if I took the first one, for instance, your assignment, wh- wh- how important is it to even understand the assignment, the, the mission you have as an individual and how different from uh, appreciation or understanding, how different is it from engaging? I think, first of all, um, it's important for each one of us to think through what our calling is. People have sometimes people are not exactly sure what they are called to do and and you know it gets worse when this is not written down it is hazy in their minds and you know sadly sometimes you meet people and you ask them so what are your three main objectives or whatever the number is and and they begin to struggle to think about what they are really doing what they are called to do and so it's, it's, that's the biggest part of the whole thing, to appreciate 
what it is that you are called to do and and you give thought to it when i think about you i think about money i mean if i called you one out of two times is to ask your your, your wisdom about a financial transaction a financial issue and i know i'll get good counsel so can i assume that your calling is to understand money Absolutely. I mean, I understand my my calling is is to help people to achieve their financial goals. Right. So, and, so, and so I when I call you, that. it's not out of order. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. If I want sporting advice, I, I wouldn't call you, even really. though I know the team you support. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, call yeah. you for that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So appreciation is about you. You, you said two things. First, think it through. Yeah. And then write them down. You've given us two hints about appreciation. Think through what it is that you are you're passionate about, what it is that you feel you are called to, and then write it down. Right. Now, how different is the appreciation from the engagement? It's it's um, you know, when you are writing these these things down, you now because there's a process of working it out. We grow by our dreams. So you're, you're dreaming about something. By the way, we grow by our dreams is one of Woodrow Wilson's quotes. You, 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 want to be, you want to be safe. <laughs> I, to be safe. <laughs> I have my own so, comments on that, but so, I only reserve so, them now. <laughs> so we grow by our dreams. And right. so sometimes what you are even claiming to be an expert in may at some point be just a dream. But you have to engage that dream. You have to engage that goal. And you work at it in order to systematically. Yes. So, right. so you know, I've I've met people who are not even sure what they are called to do because there's a certain lack of confidence about what their abilities are. They are not right. even sure what they are good at. So, is it possible that somebody can appreciate, they can understand what they are called to do, but mm-hmm. they would not have engaged it? Absolutely. Like they know what they want to do, they know what they they feel. They should be doing, but yes. for one reason that they've conceived or another, they talk about it, but they don't. They don't do it. Absolutely. So, so they, they do nothing about right. about getting it work. Right. So for such people, you will see that they have, they may have understood or they may have appreciated their calling or their assignment, but they wouldn't have engaged it. Absolutely. Right. Now let's go to the third word. First, you you understand or appreciate. Secondly, you engage. Third one is you master, which means that it's possible to engage, but engage at the base level, isn't it? Let's talk about that. All right. Now, mastery. Mastery. It takes time to build mastery. So, um, obviously, to um, make that skill attractive to people, you build mastery over time. So, it's, that process involves um, certain goals and increasing your level of competence over time. And so, perhaps at the beginning, you are the base, but you, you, you build on it. And so um, every year, you have to set a certain goal within that, your, your particular area of calling. I've been in banking for, for 35 years and counting. Wow. And, and so it, but it doesn't mean I've stopped en- engaging or, or working at it. I, I have to work at it constantly. So you build on it. And every year, because your knowledge, the knowledge you had yesterday may not be relevant for tomorrow. And so you have to build mastery um, over time by systematically uh, building your competence in that particular area. Right. So build mastery over time by systematically building on your comfort, your competence and then also your knowledge base yeah. over time. All right. So listeners, if you just joined us, what we are seeking to do program is to set a framework that every listener 
on the virtual university can use for personal improvement or personal commitment throughout the year, calling them our leadership commitments for the year. And we've identified five areas, five thematic areas that we would like to focus on. And that is my assignment, my constituents, or what you want to call it, my constituency, my vehicle, my resources, and my partners. Now, we'll take time to speak to all these five. But what I am seeking to do in this preliminary discussion with my guest, Kujo Hinichi, is to understand what what do these five words mean to us? How do we hope to engage them or or work with them? And we've said that our mission is or our focus is to progressively first appreciate, two engage, and three master these five areas. And Koye is telling us the appreciation is understanding these areas. And that means thinking through them, writing down what exactly you want to achieve in them. And he says, beyond thinking through them, you also need to actually engage them, begin to do something about them. There's no point understanding or appreciating what you are called to do if you do nothing about it and keep your arms folded throughout the year. So begin to do something about them. And that is the engagement he spoke about. But beyond engagement, he's saying that the third thing is to master master the areas we are talking about and he talks about his own commitment to set goals every year in the area of his calling and he says after 35 years plus in banking he still wants to keep raising the bar by working at it and building on it on a consistent basis and he says that comes by building on your competence and building on your knowledge base so this is the preliminary framework for our discussion now let's go into the five key areas now when we talk about assignment let me give you a dictionary definition and could you help us understand what are some of the questions that we should be asking ourselves as we explore so going to the dictionary um, assignment in our context refers to a task or a piece of work allocated to someone as part of a job a course or a study Um, some of the synonyms are a job, a duty, a chore, a mission, an engagement, an exercise, a responsibility, a business, an endeavor. It, it, it just speaks to something that requires some doing. What, what kind of questions must a person ask yourself in your quest to understand your assignment or what you call your calling or mission? What kinds of questions must a person be asking yourself? All right. I think, first of all, um, we all... Um, come to this world with some purpose. I mean, God gives all of us purpose. So there's something that we must achieve. I mean, how many of us uh, wake up in the morning and we are beginning to think, oh, so what do I do today? There has to be an overriding assignment that um, that you have that keeps you going every single day. All right. So your assignment, basically, will be that one big thing. And there will be other related things. That one big thing that you wake up every morning to work at, um, that is often that is an area where you provide service to people uh, in one shape or form. That is where you, you find your relevance and your place in your community and also that is where 
you um, mostly derive your income from? Right. There's a debate, a, a, a widely raging debate from people who say, listen, I find myself in a job that is not in my area of assignment, my area of calling. I'm doing it because I need a job to pay the bills, but I don't feel passionate about what I'm doing. And anytime I go to work, I'm working, but in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, there is something else I would rather be doing. And I tell myself, listen, this this is the last year. Next year, I'll find something else to do. But the economic circumstances make me still go back to that same task because it's not that easy to find a job or build a business in the area of your passion or interest. What would you say to people like that? I think that, you know... Um, First of all, is it real? I mean, what I'm talking about, is it real? It is, it is. But actually, I, it's, it's... You know, we all have to um, think deeply about what we want to do. And if you're doing something... Uh, you know, out of necessity, and 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 you think there's something higher that you can do in the future. Whatever your hand, your your hands find to do at that time, do it well. Because otherwise, you must have the courage to get out of that place. You know, um, to do what you are you are you are passionate about. If you still remain in something that doesn't interest you. And you also don't take action about what you really want to do, then you're probably not passionate enough about about that. Um, I, I think sometimes people uh, do that out of fear. They are not too sure what the uh, the future holds if they go into something new. Uh, but hey, I mean the rewards are there for for risk takers, people who um, you know can can take up new challenges and and handle them successfully but if you don't have that courage then you better do what you are doing very well and stop complaining complaining. (laughs) (laughs) now if you just join us this is Kojo Henichi CEO of IFS Financial Services helping us understand this whole business about assignment he says an assignment is a God-given purpose is that one big overriding thing that you wake up to every morning and you drive to it you go to it looking to make a difference and he says very often it's your area of relevance that thing that gives you meaning in your community is also an area in which you render service to others and he says that can, can you really excel in something you don't have a passion or, or you, you can't excel in something you're doing because of necessity so you have two choices either you buckle up and do it well or have the courage to walk out and to those who want to walk out and are not bold enough he says listen the rewards are there you need to at some point make a decision and pursue that which you feel passionate about but if you and he says the biggest the biggest the biggest barrier to such people is fear. Now, if you cannot overcome the fear, then if you are staying in what you are staying in, please uh, do it with passion and do it with vigor. Let's move on to the subject of the vehicle. So, Kujo, you are you are a financial person. How does one determine which vehicle or when we talk about, let's go to constituents first. So, you are, you are a your assignment is to, to help people realize their financial goals. Now, there can be somebody doing that for people at the big-time level. There can be somebody doing it for multinational organizations, somebody doing it for the individual, somebody doing it for clubs and societies. 
how do you define who exactly you want to serve with that ability or that talent or that or that calling? Right, thank you very much. Because the financial services business is a, a wide space, and you can't be all things to all men. Um, so, all right. So, you know, when I when I started banking, um, I had the opportunity of working in, in, in many areas of banking and um, and in that process you discover one area that you are good at alright and so uh, let me say for example if you, are, if you are an employee working for a financial institution a bank or something like that you, you then work your way out and be an expert in that particular area for example maybe you are, you are a treasurer Right. And you want to be the best treasurer, right? And and so you work at it and stay there. There are people who are good at uh, consumer banking, so you work at it and and be the expert there, right? So you have to define a certain area what, because you can't be um, a master of every area of of banking for example is it understanding therefore that even when you see your assignment is to be in the financial services sector the, there is an area in that sector that you probably should master and that will then define who your constituents will be absolutely right so you're saying that everyone seeking to to make a difference must within the broad context of what their interest is so for instance if let's say i am i am interested in music i must ask myself is it hip life is it gospel is it classical and then that will determine who would buy my music or who would buy my or attend my concert yeah. right yeah. so first thing is what your area of expertise that's the first determinant of your constituent what 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 other consideration must must one have in determining who you you go out there to serve apart from expertise but also you know there are um you are looking at various stakeholders i mean for example i uh, my expertise in banking is really uh, corporate banking and risk management. Now, when I decided to set up a business, I am not good in, say, retail banking, consumer banking. And so you have to find resources. Right. So people who are good at that. And there are other areas uh, in, in that industry where I am not particularly strong in. Right. So resources is important. Right. And that speaks to number five, which is your partners, the yeah. people that you need around you. Yeah. So you, you've, in trying to answer the question of constituents, you've brought together a very nice triangular bridge between assignment, constituents, and partners. So if I understand you right, what you're saying is that even in the area of assignment, you must find your area of specialization, what you are strong in, and then strength that one to, that then determines who you are out there serving. So the clients of the consumer banking business or area of the business will be different from the corporate banking area and then the person in treasury the person each each segment of the industry will have different people whose needs you are out there meeting yeah. is that correct yeah. and you're yeah. seeing that in an area where you don't have strength you can you can get people who have that area of expertise to, to augment you. it yeah. right the other thing also you look at apart from resources is to have a good understanding of what the key issues are within the industry in which you operate. For example, in banking, um, I'm sure that you may be aware that 
Um, there has been uh, integrity crisis in banking, not just in Ghana, actually. It's, 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 it's global. And, uh, you know, I checked a few things and I discovered that it is, it is something, integrity issues with banking have been going on for years. And I just want to, um, you know, uh, give you a quote uh, on that, which then has fed into, for example, the goals that we have set for ourselves for this year. Right. And let me just um, quote something that Thomas Jefferson said about um, banking. He said, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around the banks will deprive the people of all their property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. The issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs. Now, right. there's another one that I'll read later. But, you know, it tells you about the skepticism that people have about banking. And if, if you're going to manage um, in, in, in a banking environment, you have to understand what makes the industry tick. So, in, in against our background this year, what we have decided to do is to set our goal to become the most trusted and value-creating business in our chosen segment. So the issues of trust and value creation, sustainable value creation, is so important in banking. And we need to understand that, you know, that is what our constituents want to continue doing business with us. Right. So let me broaden the context Let's see if we can apply this to music, mm. to sports, mm. to entertainment, mm. to to education. Mm. If I hear you right, what you're saying is that the, the big issues that dominate discussion, the immediate concerns arising from past experience. I was having a discussion with Jojo about about the black stars mm. and wh- why we can be at a situation in, in a nation where sometimes the black stars is playing and Ghanaians are supporting the opponent and praying that. And it's a reality. I know we find it difficult to engage these issues, but it's real that the opponents can score and Ghanaians will jubilate. Mm. And we traced it back to back to the the debacle at, at Brazil. Brazil and the issues that followed all the way through to now the seeming improvements then then and, and a number of issues. But basically what you're saying is that if you know that you are coming into an industry, you are coming to serve people at a time when these are the conditions precedent, it must inform even how you position yourself yeah. to be able to be relevant to the constituents that you are serving. Mm. Right. So it's at this time any any comment anything that anyone will do that doesn't, it's not sensitive to the place where the constituents are, will further aggravate an already bad situation. Absolutely. Right. My guest, Kojo Hinichi, CEO of IFS Financial Services. We are talking about the five major commitments that each of us must sign up to as springboard participants or listeners in the your assignment, your constituents. We will Touch base briefly on the vehicle and the resources, and then as partners on Springboard, we'll open the phone lines for you to tell us what what is that big thing that you want to do in the year 2017, and how 
how important is this framework to your own aspirations right so your constituents are the people that you want to serve the people that you hope will buy or patronize your services could you the last question on constituents what about economic considerations don't wouldn't you think of those who have money to buy, to buy your services or, or the, the ability to pay or, or to demand your services yes it's important and but that's why um it's also important to understand what they want so a, a bit of research on what people really want and what they can afford to buy, uh, it's, 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 it's necessary. And, um, and so that's why in, in typically in businesses you have a different product set. So uh, there are people who can afford to buy um, top expensive end. top-end products and there are people who, can, who will be in the middle and there are others who will be um, down there. There are those who can buy uh, the uh, Mercedes-Benz 500 and those who buy the Atos. So and they all travel the same route. Right. Let's go on to the vehicle, the system that you will use, the channel that you will use to achieve your aspirations. So how does a person determine what channel they will use? A business? So let's say I want to be a leader. I want to make an impact. You talk to people and they say broad, ambiguous things like I want to touch people. I want to influence society. I want to make the world a better place. Now, what vehicle are you going to use? Are you going to use a business, a political party, a school, a church, a football academy, a a product that meets the needs of people? Each of these makes the world a better place and and helps people to live a better life. How do you zero in on the vehicle that you will use? I think first of all, the the um, your your assignment must align with the vehicle, right? And also, let me say upfront that the vehicle may not necessarily be something that you control. Right, I, I, because I think sometimes people make the mistake of thinking, okay, if I'm not controlling this, I probably cannot make an impact. So, if you are an employee within a business, it is still a vehicle. You you are in that vehicle, and make and you can make yourself count there. But if you're in a position to have um, the vehicle of a business or an NGO or whatever it is that. Um, you, you, you have um, then you must also make that vehicle attractive in order to get people on board So you, because you are never going to achieve any significance if you are doing that all by yourself so for the person who says listen I don't work, I don't own the business I don't, I'm not the real owner of the business but I want to make a difference and I know the assignment I have and the kind of thing I would like to do. Must that inform even the kind of company you apply to in your in your search for a job? I've seen somebody walk out of a company and simply say, listen, I just don't belong here. The money is good, but my values don't align. Mm. I just I just can't work here. The way they do their business, the way their company is set up, what they will do or not not do in pursuit of their targets, my spirit, my, my values do not align. What would you say to somebody who says, I would rather walk out of this company and, and look for a job afresh than stay in and do what I don't believe in? I think that's, that's quite courageous um, because you want to be part of something not just because of the money, but you want to be part of something that provides 
service to people uh, positively. So if if you know you don't um, you don't you don't find yourself aligning with the values of the organization, you are better off um, walking. But as you walk, um, you must be sure also of what you really want to do. Sometimes, sadly, people walk um, not because the place is necessarily bad, uh, but because they are not prepared to um, to stretch themselves in that particular place. Or, uh, you know, they haven't developed the emotional intelligence that is required to work with other people in that particular place. Nothing wrong at all with people, you know, definitely being sure that, look, this is not for me. But you must be sure really that it's not for you and walk into what you you really are happy with. Right. Let me let me let me bring let me let me touch on a quite a controversial topic a bit. So for uh, let, let me let me take your industry, very target driven industry. Many people say the banking industry is tough. They set very ruthless targets for you. Other companies to do. I mean, people in uh, multi layered marketing, network marketing also have targets, but the banking industry is. It's notorious for very high targets, yeah. and sometimes the targets are very um, over the top. And in certain circles, you find that people seem to suggest that the narrative in some in companies is: listen, whatever you have to do to get to reach those targets, do them. And the suggestion is that if it means crossing the ethical lines or crossing the ethical boundaries, do so because the end justifies the means. And there's somebody saying, listen, I will not cross these lines because that's not me. That's not just who I am. Must the person hang in there and must the person hang in there and and hope that things will change or must they find something before they move or must they jump when they are being pushed? I think the, 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 you know, clearly there are value systems here. I, I mentioned earlier that our goal this year is to become the most trusted and value-creating business in, in our chosen segment. Now, so that means that we have to build that trust not only with our external clients but also with our internal clients, the people who work for us. So if, if we are building trust, then obviously... We, we should not drive people to cross the ethical lines. Um, recently, one of my staff members um, who had tough targets to meet and was, um, I think, was pregnant, and um, she decided that, look, I don't have the strength to, to meet this target. So rather than hang around and take a salary, I will, I will resign. I, will, I thought that was a very principled position she took. I felt sorry for her. And uh, in my mind, I felt like, look, if this young lady uh, delivers and, and, and she wants to reapply, it's something that I would consider. So it's, it's a very principled position. And, and I think that people should do that. If they feel that they are not in a position to either do something um, unethical or something they simply can't cope with at that time. We'll touch base with that, but I was just wondering, was there no option in another department for that person or, or the skill set was not applicable in other areas? But that's another discussion that we want to have another time. We will come down to the issue of resources and relationships and, and, and fuse them. Could you say if I assumed that the partners are human resources, 
then we can have a brief discussion about how do you find the resources? How do you find the people? How do you determine who you will need for the journey? How do you find the equipment, the machines, the capital? People say, listen, I have a big dream but no money. I have a big dream but no, no partners. I have a big dream but no equipment or infrastructure. How do you determine what you will need first and then find what you need to run this race? Thank you very much. Um, you know, often people put the the money issue as as the biggest obstacle. Um, it is always the case. First of all, if we have a compelling vision and it is properly documented, um, that is a major step taken. The you know because when you write what you want to do, what when that thing is properly documented as a business plan, it is easy to get people on board rather than sit in front of them and have a conversation. You know, because it's that is soon forgotten. So that is one. The the um the next thing to do is also to develop the relationships, you know, not just financiers, but sometimes people who can link you up with with other people. Um, so it's important to develop relationships with, 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 with people like that and then also build relationships with uh, people who are doing what you are doing already right? and are good at it. People who are respected and you can trust. You build relationships with them. And, and as I said earlier, often it is not something that you can do it all by yourself. You can't be the accountant. You can't be the salesperson and everything. And so you need to find the human resources that will help you. Sometimes you, you know, you may think, I mean, how can I afford to recruit these people? Um, but if it's a shared dream and, and you, you know, you may want to um, get them into a bit of the pie as well. Right. It is easy then to build um, those sort of resources. Right. There is also... Um, the other issue with um, external stakeholders, for example, in our case, you have to deal with regulators and, and so on. Right. You have to build those sort of um, relationships. Build relationships, well. right. Talking about relationships, there's, there's one interesting point that I'll make, but let me, we have a question for Kojo Henichi. Do you want to find out about any of these five pillars? Is, are they even relevant to you in your quest to become the best in your field? What are the five pillars that we have shared so far? My assignment, my constituency, my vehicle, my resources, and my partners. Do you find the, this framework, this five-point framework, useful to you in your quest to become the number one in your field? And we will, we will continue this discussion beyond even the Ghanaian context and talk about how to become a master in your field in the African continent. But tell us when you, open, when you call into the show whether this framework is relevant to you in any way. And if you have a question on any of these things, let's talk. My guest tonight, the CEO of IFS Financial Services, Kujo Ohenichi. Kujo, let me ask you a question. It's one thing that I find very interesting is that some people go to a function and do not talk to anyone apart from those that they know and leave the function without any addition to their relational equity. But there are others who go to a function and make it a commitment that at least before they leave, they will know one additional person. How important is deliberate building of networks in your Absolutely. quest to succeed in business? Absolutely, because you, need, you know you need to think through 
who can help you to achieve your your ambitions? I mean, for example, um, the, if there's a market, particular market segment that you are targeting, you have to deliberately build um, networks with them. If I go to um, a cocktail or any event, and 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 I see there are churches, there are schools, and and so on. It is an area where we do a lot of business. So you start greeting them. So we have to talk. And <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, so it is important to target, you, to, to build, if you like, a business pipeline. Right. All right. A list of contacts that you develop over time. Right. So, for example, you can actually plan and say that in a month I want to meet such and such and such people's associations and so on, and you deliberately build that. Because you, you get a lot if you expect people to just walk to you in, in a competitive So what happens to the person who is naturally reserved and an introvert, a shy person? How, how do they make it in, in, a, in a world in which networking is so critical? I think you can... You can well, being an introvert doesn't mean you can't really. Um, let me let me let me take one phone call and then we'll, we'll come back to the issue of of introverts and how they can manage in this very competitive environment. Hello. Hello. Good evening, Reverend. Your name, your name where are you calling from, please? Your, Hello, your, Reverend. Na- your name where are you calling from, please? Okay, um, my name is Elizabeth. I'm calling from Atlanta. Um, Elizabeth from Adenta, tell me, is this framework useful for you? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. Right. Yes. Uh, do you have a question for, for my guest tonight? Yes, please, I do. I do. Kindly um, go ahead, please. I, I wanted to find out, I mean, you've talked about um, rewards, you know, for pursuing what you always wanted to do. But I want to know, at what point, or oh, let me start, is there a point at which it's reasonable to say that, I mean, let me give up on this dream if you've been trying, and if there is a reasonable point, when is that time to do so? Thank you. Um, Elizabeth, before I give the question to Kujama, I must tell you it's a very difficult question, but I'll give it to Kujo since he's the guest. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for asking. <laughs> Kujo, it's a question I've heard twice this week. When do you say enough is enough? If you are at a place where it is not bad, like, look, this this is, I can't just cope with what is happening here. And by the way, that will not occur to you just suddenly. And so I always recommend that you can actually um, have a soft landing. So begin to build that process. So if you are working at a place you don't really like, um you can decide that, look, I'm going to live within six months or a year and build towards it. So by the time you are leaving, you begin to step into something. It may not be uh, a fully developed thing that will give you everything you need, but you would have developed a process that can grow and you walk into it. Right, so that that is a framework we'll be we'll be using for our discussions throughout the month of January. How does how does a person achieve your aspirations? I'm giving you five key points, five building blocks. And so I'm going to come back to my guest, Kojo Henichi, to summarize 
our learnings for today. Maybe I allowed you to tell me what, which one big thing that he's picked from the discussion. But let me come back into the studio and ask Kojo Ohenichi to sum up in a minute our big learnings from tonight. Kojo, one minute. Thank you very much. Um, we've talked about um, your assignment and I've said that we must have um, clarity of thoughts Go ahead. on um, what it is that we, we, we want to do. We have to be clear in our minds and also constituents we um the process also involves identifying clearly who our constituents are and how we can identify their needs and meet them um the vehicle with which we deliver this is important we must give it a thought and ensure that the vehicle is effective and it delivers what we want to deliver Right. Um, and also, we must make a good evaluation of the resources that we need, financial people, um, the um, operating capacity that we need to, to build that. Right. And also build the right relationships right. Um, in order to really achieve the goals, goals that we set for ourselves. Right. Could you definitely we'll bring you back into the studio because this is a subject that you, you, you speak to in a very unique way and we will definitely need your wisdom as you break it down further. Yeah. Alright, so that has been your show for today. My name is Albert Okranen on behalf of Comfort Matthew it was God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh.